What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Talk Recorded live.
gracious Father, we come before you this morning, Father God. We come before you with a humble heart, Lord God. We come saying thank you, Father God. We thank you for all that you've done in our lives thus far, Lord God. We thank you for all that you're going to do, Lord God. Oh, we stand before you with a grateful heart, Father God, asking that you forgive us, Father God, for any sin or offense that we have committed, Lord God, against you and against our sisters and brothers, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for the spirit of forgiveness, Lord God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father, for the spirit of restoration, Lord God. We thank you that you can restore us back unto you, Lord God. Oh, we just bless you this morning, Father God. We ask that you stop by the hospitals, Lord God, and the nursing homes, Father God. Mm. Touch and heal, Father God, for only you can, Father. And we thank you for the healing in the bodies of of the um in the bodies of the people, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for your power of deliverance, Lord God. We bind up all sickness, Lord God, and all diseases, Lord God. We bind it up and we loose good health, Lord God. Health in in our spirits, Lord God, and in our hearts and in our minds, Father God. Mm. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Lord God. We ask that you um, sit among us, Lord God, in this service today, Father God. Use your servant, Lord God, that your people may hear what you want them to hear, Father God. Let it be about you, Father God. Mm. We just thank you, Lord God. We love you today, Father God, for you chose us, Lord God. You loved us first, Father God, and we thank you for it, Lord God. We thank you for calling us out, Lord God, and calling us in, Lord God. Mm. Giving us purpose in our life, Lord God. Giving us a reason, Father God, to get up every morning and praise and worship you, oh, Father. We just thank you, Lord God. We magnify your name today, Father God. I ask that you touch everyone that'll that'll hear this service that's on this line and those that'll hear it in the archives, Lord God. I always ask that you change them, Lord God. Let them not be the same that they were when they came, Father God. Oh, touch them in the places, Father God, that only you know where they need to be touched at, Father God. Heal and deliver them, Lord God. Set them free, Father God. Encourage them, Lord God, and inspire them, Father God, to stay on the wall and keep doing your work, Lord God. For we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you, and we bless every door that opens in your name today, Lord God. Let your spirit reign supreme over every service that called that is called in your name, Father God. Mm. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for our ministering angels, Lord God. We thank you for the warring angels, Lord God. Mm, we just thank you, Father God. We thank you that we can sit and be in peace, Lord God, while our angels go out and war on our behalf, Lord God. We thank you for it, Father God. We thank you, Father, for you are so worthy to be praised, Father God. And we just say thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Oh, yeah, good afternoon. (laughs) Our encouraging word for today. comes out of Romans 8 and 18. 
For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. But God, in his infinite skill, blends all things in our lives and cooks them in the oven of adversity. One day we shall be able to see them fully transformed. Then we can taste that they are good, for now we must believe it. Although you may be suffering right now, it's only temporary. God, who is infinitely wise and skilled, knows just how to care for you. Just trust that he is shaping you into someone beautiful, honorable, and good, able to reflect his glory. Our scripture for today comes out of Matthew 7, verse 24. Through 29. That's Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 29. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose and the windows blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Amen. Amen. We would like to thank everybody that's on the line right now listening. Um, Also, thank you to those who are going to listen later on from the archives. Uh, One of our announcements for today was yesterday we had a um, breast cancer bowling benefit (laughs) for Jamie Hayes, and it it turned out really good. A lot of people showed up. A lot of money was raised. So we want to say thank you to everybody who supported in any and every way. Um, I do believe they are trying to hold another fundraiser um, later on this year, so when those details become available, we will be letting you all know. The next voice you are going to hear is Prophetess Patricia bringing forth the word on Kingdom Living. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. We really did have a good time yesterday at the uh, uh, fundraiser for uh, one of our members, Jamie Hayes, and her family. It was just, we had an awesome time. I even won a game bowling. I beat my sons. That's going to go down in the book. But it was uh, it was uh, well received. We had quite a few people that came out and supported, and we're just grateful 
we're just grateful to God that he put them on, on people's hearts to want to come out and support. So that was a blessing. Okay, so you all know we're into building kingdom citizens, building up a generation of kingdom citizens. I want to recap some of our last week's uh, things that we went through um, when we, we're talking about the king and how the king is central to his kingdom. <clears throat> first thing we need to understand is that a king is the central component of his kingdom. A king embodies the essences, the essential, the essence of his kingdom. The kingdom is the king. Without the king, there is no kingdom. The land and the people may still be there, but unless they are ruled by a king, They are not in a kingdom. Secondly, a king is the ultimate and only source of authority in his kingdom. In the kingdom of heaven, the authority of God, the king, is exclusive and absolute. His word is law, and his will is carried out even to the furthest reaches of his realm, and God's realm is infinite. And when we were talking about that last week, we were talking about how um, they changed, you know, the um, we were talking about the decision that the Supreme Court had made to make same-sex marriage uh, law in all the 50 states. And um, we were talking about though man may, may have done that, God didn't change what he said about uh, same-sex marriage. And he don't like it. And we were um, we we read the scripture. Um, Patricia read some of it. Uh, when Jesus we talking from Matthew seven twenty eight twenty nine. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority, and not as their teacher of the law. Jesus spoke and taught on his own authority. He did not rely on thoughts, ideas, interpretations, or traditions of others because he was a king whose authority was independent and sovereign. This leads to a third point to understand about a king. The sovereignty of a king is inherent in his royal authority. The people do not make a king sovereign. He is born sovereign. Jesus told Pilate that he was born a king. He did not receive his kingship or his sovereignty from the hand of man. Sovereignty means freedom from external control. Come on now. We could shout right there. We we just really need to just take a minute and just hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, on that part right there. His freedom did not come from external control. Nobody gave him his kingship, his authority, and his power. He was born into it. 
we need to understand that because we need to understand the uh, uh, power and authority that we now can walk in. And that's just so important to, to, to um, the body, is that we understand that we have this power and this authority to change the atmosphere. We have it to, you know, to change the things that are going on in the earth that God gave to us to, to, to be domain, to have dominion over. We have that power and that authority to change it. We have the power and authority to change what's going on in our house, in our houses and in our own personal lives. You know, we don't have to live a defeated life. And he goes on, no one has the authority to tell God what to do. God's sovereignty is absolute. He is completely self-determined. And once we get our Word from God, assignment from God, we have no need to listen to other people's interpretation, their traditions, their thoughts, or their ideas. We're speaking, we're speaking what God said. That's it, and that's all. You know, and, and for those that want to agree with us, good. You know, we can have a nice, you know, conversation and praise God on, on, on the facts and the manners, you know, but um, those that don't agree with it, then they have to take that up with God. We don't even have to argue with them about it, you know. When you um, spoke scripture, there's nothing else you need to say. It don't need to be defended. And if they don't understand it, you try your best to explain it to them. And if they still refuse to understand it or don't understand your explanation of it, just invite them to go ask God for the right, um, you know, explanation. Because he'll, he'll speak it to them in a way that they will understand it if their hearts and minds are truly opened for it. Okay, I want to speak on the 14 characteristics of a king. A king is distinct both from... A democratically elected leader, such as a president or prime minister, as well as from a dictator. A king is never voted into power. His power is inherited from birth. He's not like our our leaders in our free world who are elected into um, their offices and elected into power and stuff. He was born into power. A king is king by birthright. His kingship is not conferred by men. Elected leaders rule by the will of people. Dictators rule through fear. A king rules because he is born to it. Jesus Christ was a born was born a king. We do not make him king. All we can do is acknowledge that he is king. Number three, a king cannot be voted out of power. For those people that, that, you know, say there is no God, just because they say there's no God, don't make it be true. They can say what they want to say. But just because people don't acknowledge God, don't make God not be God. 
stone, you know. Because the kingdom is his, is his by birth. A king rules for life. The king of heaven reigns by sovereignty, by sovereign right of cre- creation. He will never be voted out of power, nor will he ever be disthroned. <laughs> Lucifer tried that, and he failed. Human empires have tried and failed and and then fallen themselves, as is the destiny of all reigns that challenge his sovereignty. He was king before this world began, and he will still be king after it has passed away. In uh, uh, Revelations 11, verse 15, it says, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. No act either of man on earth or of the spiritual powers of darkness will ever remove the king of heaven from his throne. Now, who don't want to follow a king like that, that can't nobody knock down off his throne? He is going to be there forever. His word is good forever. He not wishy-washy. He don't change his mind. He don't change his mind. He say what he mean, and he mean what he say. He don't have a low self-worth that he got to be, you know, making somebody else feel bad so he can feel high and mighty on his throne. <clears throat> Our king is none of that. A king's authority is absolute. That is why he is not a president or a prime minister. Presidents must consult Congress, and prime ministers must consult Parliament. If the prime minister of the Bahamas makes a decision, the Senate can discuss it. The the parliament may attack it, the media may (laughs) mutilate it, and he may change his mind. Dictators, on the other hand, while perhaps exercising absolute power only for a a time, possesses no legitimate authority. This is why they must use force to stay in power. But when the king of heaven speaks, he speaks with absolute authority, authority that is inherent to his kingship. Number five, a king's word is law. Because a king's authority is absolute, his word is law. No one can under, can counter, countermand his orders. Set aside his degrees or amend his statutes. David, an Israelite king who loved the king of heaven with all his heart, had this to say about the king's law. I'm reading from uh, Psalms 19, verse 7 through 9, and then verse 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul, the status of the Lord. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. 
The precepts of the Lord are ripe, giving joy to the heart. The command of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. The king's word is law. Great reward follows obedience. Disobedience brings severe penalty. That's why we see so much about God talking about obedience. It is big with him, big with him, that we are obedient to his word, to his statutes, to his His ways. And, you know, I, I, I often tell, especially the young, when I minister to them, and they always say, you know, the Bible got too many rules, and Christianity got too many you can't do's, and, and, and you know. And I explain to them that, you know, because they look at it like, uh, just like they look at, just like the youth look at us as their parents, telling them, no, they can't do this, no, you shouldn't do that. You know, they think we're trying to take something from them. Like we're trying to take some fun from them, keep them from having a good time. When actually what we're trying to do is keep them from having severe penalties. And that's what God is doing. Anything that God tells us not to do, if you take a minute and think it out and reason it out, and, and and reason, sit down and meditate with him on it, he'll show you how that whole thing will lead you down a path that you really don't desire to go. He'll show it to you. He don't just say, don't do it because I said so. He'll show you why he said don't do it. So just give him a chance and, 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 and sit down and reason with him. He is never unreasonable, and he's always willing to listen. You're not going to get your way, but, I mean, you know, he will listen to you. But uh, number six, a king personally owns everything in his domain. Presidents and other elected leaders do not own their country. They are citizens like everyone else. Dictators often act as though they own everything, but whatever they possess, they acquire by fraud, death, and corruption. A king, on the other hand, personally owns everything in his domain. In fact, a kingdom is the only form of government where the ruler owns everything and everyone. In the words of King David, once again, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. The king of heaven himself declares Every animal of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills. That's out of Psalms 50. A king owns the people, the animals, the plants, the land, the air around the land. He owns the value under the earth, the gold, the silver, the platinum, the diamonds. He owns the soil and the seeds in the soil. The king owns everything in his territory. That is why he is called a lord. Lord meaning owner. 
landlord, you think about your landlord, he's the owner of that land that we live on. A king's degree is unchanging. In a democratic system, laws can be amended, revised, or even revoked. Dictators change and even reverse their own decrees whenever it suits them. (laughs) They renege on their word all the time, but a king's word is law. Once a king issues a decree, it cannot be changed. And uh, that that um, uh, reminds me of um, Daniel, how Daniel was really close to uh, 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 King Darius. And um, the people, the men that came up against Daniel that were jealous um, had uh, King Darius set out um, a decree that anybody that was caught playing were to be uh, violation, was a violation. Now, they knew that Daniel prayed three times a day, every day. That was what Daniel did, and they knew that. So, uh, Daniel, a faithful, God-fearing Jew in exile, was a high official in the court of Darius, a Medo-Persian king. When Daniel's enemies plotted to destroy him, they persuaded Darius to issue a decree that for 30 days no prayers or petitions were to be raised or any God or anyone else except to the king himself. Daniel was never going to do that. Daniel just wasn't going to do that. Daniel was very faithful to God. Violators would be, yeah, would be um, thrown into the den of lions. This decree was a law of the Medes and the Persians, which may not, it could not be revoked. So, uh, you know, they they catch Daniel praying because that's what Daniel did. Daniel prayed three times a day, every day. Catching Daniel in the act of praying to God in, in violation of the king's decree, as they knew they would, Daniel's enemies took him to the king Darius. Darius was trapped. He, you know, he he liked um, you know, he 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 loved him some Daniel, but he could not not do what he had uh, ordered. He had to do it, even uh, to 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 um Daniel. So. Daniel's enemies took him to the king. Darius was trapped. Even he could not revoke his own decree. The king spent a tormented, sleepless night while his his trusted servant, Daniel, cooled his heels in the lion's den. Mm. But God, but God, the Lord delivered Daniel safely, and his enemies ended up with the lion's Instead, so see when when we stand on the word of God, when we don't take it down, when we don't waver to the north and to the south, when we stand on it, this is what God said. I stand with God, whether the rest of the world agree with it or not. This is what the God said, and I stand with that, and that's where I'm gonna stand. And we see when we do, God will. Stand with us and for us. 
because the lions didn't touch Daniel. Okay, so the point is that the king's decree, once issued, cannot be undone. The decrees of the king of heaven are just as permanent. Once it's spoken, it's law. It is written, it is done. It's done. Once he speak it, it's done. He says he says that the uh in Isaiah he tells us about how the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God stands forever. Even Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And we know for sure that man will say something today and change his mind next week. You know, I, I think about our president because he got to be president over everybody, and he got to pl- uh, please everybody. It, it, you know, he says one thing, and then once he got into office, he did something else. You know, now I'm not saying he's a bad president. I think he did pretty well within his, his, his time in office. You know, it was quite some things that I didn't agree with him on, but I think he was a pretty good president. But... Him being man and not being king from heaven, of heaven, he was wishy-washy with some of the things that he said that he would do and didn't do. And some of the things he didn't do and said he would do. A king chooses who will be a citizen. All right. Yeah. That, you know, I chose you. You didn't choose me. In a democracy, the citizens choose their leaders, while a a totalitarian system treats its citizens as little more than tools of the state. A kingdom operates in the opposite manner. The king chooses the citizen because his authority is absolute. He determines the standard of citizenship in his kingdom. The people do not vote for the king, but in essence, he votes for them. Jesus demonstrates his kingly prerogative as well when he said to his closest followers in John 15, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. If the world hates you, keep in mind that they hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it as it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. That's so important in our our, our uh, Christian walk, in our uh, in knowing who we are as kingdom citizens. In knowing who we are as kingdom citizens, that is that is so very important. Jesus chose them 
out of citizenship in the world and made them citizens of his kingdom with full benefits of citizenship. They no longer belong to the kingdom of the world. Now, like Jesus, their kingdom was from another place. Jesus does the same thing today for everyone who believes him, everyone who accepts his message of the kingdom. A king embodies the government of his kingdom. This means that wherever a king is, his entire government is present. That that shows us that wherever we are on our jobs, in the stores, or, you know, no matter, wherever we are, we go as representatives of the kingdom of heaven because he chose us. He took us out of the kingdom of the world, and he brought us into into the um the kingdom of heaven. So when we speak, when we walk around, we represent the kingdom. And we should look like it. Whenever a king speaks, his whole government is speaking. But when we say What God said, we need to say it in authority and power. And not all scared that maybe he didn't say it. You got to know that he said it. And then you got to know that you got the power and authority to stand on and speak boldly what he said. I was uh, 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 thinking about uh, Jamie, and she had gave the uh, her little uh, testimony last week that um, people, you know, some people were saying, you know, that, you know, um, I'm praying that God will heal you, you know, and she was like, um, you know, I thank them for praying that God will heal me, she said, but I quickly told them, and, and she said it with all conviction and boldness, I'm already healed, I'm just walking out my healing, and and that was just so, that's what this reminded me of, she came across my mind when I was studying on this. Because that is how we are supposed to carry ourselves in the places that we go in the world. Whenever a king moves, the government moves with him because he embodies the government. The king is the government. When the president travels abroad, the authority of the United States government travels with him because he represents the government and the people. The government itself, however, does not travel with him. It remains in the place and functioning in Washington. The government of a king, on the other hand, is wherever the king is, a king and his government are inseparable. This is how we can know that the kingdom of heaven is on earth. The kingdom is here because the king is here. And Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I 
with them. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I was reading those scriptures out of Matthew 18, verses 19 to 20, and Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. The kingdom of heaven is here because the king of heaven is here in the heart and lives of his citizens who populate his colony here. A king's presence is the presence of his authority. When a king shows up, his full authority is present. His authority does not reside in a place or in a document. It resides in him personally. This is why citizens of God's kingdom, colony, on earth can act with kingly authority because the king is present. His authority is present also. It was this present authority that Jesus had in mind when he said, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Kingdom citizens may always exercise kingly authority because the king is always present with them. Man, we got to get that. We just got to get that all down in our soul and in our spirits and stuff. We got to get that. Because when we get that, we know this, and it's a, a, a first nature. It can't even be a second nature to us. It's got to be the first nature to us. Then we walk in the authority of God. We understand that we can change things or the atmosphere. You know, I think about that song, uh, uh, Changing the Atmosphere. Yeah, we can change the atmosphere. If we stand together and speak what thus says God and be in agreement and not trying to uprise our own uh, uh, agenda, our own church, our own denomination, but we just come together because God gave us dominion over this earth, and whatever we bind up on this earth, the king will bind it up in heaven. Whatever we loose on this earth, the king will loose it in heaven. Whatever we agree and we want for the earth, the king will stand with us and let it be done. Because whatsoever the king speaks, it shall be done. We got to know that. We got to know that. We walk up in a boldness, not in a cocky proudness, but in a boldness and in confidence that, yes, we live in this earth, but we ain't of y'all. We ain't of y'all. 
We may wear the same kind of clothes y'all wear, but let us open our mouth. Hmm. Come on now. The words that we speak out our mouth lets people know they ain't like us. You know, God, we look like all the earth. You know, because he needs us, he needs to smuggle us in places. And if we walked around looking, you know, in our garments of all white and glows all over us and, you know, halos hanging all down and stuff, that, that ain't nobody going to let us in nowhere. I went to, I, if I looked like that and went and knocked on the crack house, they closed the door. They wouldn't let me in. But if I look like them and I go in the crack house, and I sit down, and I'm nice, and I'm smiling, and I walk in there with the love of God all over me, and I speak with the authority of the king from the kingdom, then they won't let you Then I get their attention. And they look, and they be like, oh, my, what is she saying? Now, mind you, they may not accept us right then and there, but what comes from the spirit reaches the spirit. What comes from the heart reaches the heart. So somewhere in their lives, it's going to come back up. It's going to bubble up. And they're going to remember that word that you said to them. And it's going to give them hope in their life, in a situation that they will be in. And they'll remember what you said to them. But if we all walking around and we slaying and slinging and like the whole world and we speaking everything the world is speaking and we're not speaking kingdom uh, talk, where they going to get some hope from? Where they going to know that they ain't got to be a dope fiend all their life? You ain't got to pimp all forever. You ain't got to hold forever. You just ain't got to do that. Because there's a king that came to bring you freedom. He came to deliver and heal you. Accept him. And he'll do a mighty work in you. And that's what us as kingdom citizens are supposed to be out doing. Speaking on kingdom authority. Kingdom principles. Kingdom living. Not our own agenda. Okay, I just got excited right there, y'all. I'm sorry. So the king's worth, a king's wealth is measured by his property. The larger and richer in resources a kingdom is, the wealthier the king. Because the king owns everything in his kingdom, dictators become wealthy by stealing from the people. Wait a minute, did I read that one? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, My page turned. Wait a minute, y'all. Hold on for me. You become rich by stealing from the people. Yeah. Okay, well, um... Dictators become wealthy by stealing from the people. 
democratically elected leaders may or may not be personally wealthy, but they definitely do not own their country. This is one of the major distinctions between a king and other government leaders. Kings own everything in their domain by right of birth and kingship. As a matter of fact, property is so tied up with the king's identity that without it, a king is not a king. We will discuss this further. Uh, He goes on to speak about us talking more into detail on that in Chapter 6. Okay, so why is wealth so important in a kingdom? So the king can take care of his citizens. The righteous and beloved king does not amass wealth for himself, but for the welfare of his citizens. This is why it is only in a kingdom where we truly find common wealth, that is, the wealth is common to all the people. Come on now, common wealth, meaning the wealth is common to all the people. Wow. Where that's at? Certainly not in our uh, 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 leaderships here on earth. Mm-hmm. The, the the rich want more money, and they want to get rid of the poor and the middle class because they sick of us. They sick of paying taxes for us to live. But God said the poor will be with you forever. Always the poor is going to be among you because it helps you to know how to love and share. So I got to keep them there. Get yourself together. The commonwealth. The wealth is common to all the people. You know, and it reminds me of um, King uh, Solomon. When the people would come, when, uh, what was her name, Bathsheba, went to King Solomon's uh, uh, territory. She was like, well, where the king at? Because everybody here looked like they rich. So where's the king opposed to where's his people, you know, because they all looked at rich. And that's what God desires for us, that everybody have an equal amount. Everybody have an equal amount. Because remember, there's only one king, and he is the kingdom of heaven. So all of us belong to him and are up under him. So he got all the wealth, so he would distribute it Equally amongst us, if we would walk in obedience, understand the the steps of wealth, and if we did not live under presidents, dictatorship, and uh, men that want to be greater than other people, because God never. He never, it was never his desire that no man rule over another man. That was never his setup. He said rule over the land, not over other humans. That was never his desire for us. You're never supposed to have some high and some low. Wait He said, was not Adam on top? Did he not have the Garden of Eden? Well, nobody in there with him. 
there wasn't nobody in there with him. But when other it, when other people came to the earth, he true they had just as much and they was just as powerful and had just as much dominion over the earth as Adam did. Adam wasn't a king. He wasn't a ruler. Well, I know. And God said that man has dominion over the earth, over the animals, the creepy crawly things. He never said man has dominion over man. No, I ain't saying that, but... That was never his his desire. You you, you do got men higher on the totem pole than everybody else. Look at Cain and Abel. But that was, I mean, but they really wasn't. To God, they ain't higher on the totem pole. Well, as a man, as Cain, didn't see it that way. Right, and that's why he dead. That's why he died. You mean that's why I mean, that's why Abel Abel got thrown out into the land, away from his, his family. Because he did not want to give what God required from him. He did it grudgingly, without a giving heart. Who are we talking about? Cain and Abel. Okay. Didn't God show favor to Abel that he didn't show Cain, which is why Cain killed him, right? No, he accepted. He accepted his gift and didn't accept the other one's gift because his heart wasn't right. You can check this out. Check this out. I, I I got it right there. The the the, the If I got an all, if I got all against a sister and a brother, and I come to the altar before God, and and and, and want to ask for anything, want to pray for anybody else, if this child come and no, but she has nobody has an all against her. She ain't mad with nobody. She don't have no unforgiveness in her heart. God is going to accept. Her gift that she brings to him. Mine, he will not. And the word tells us that. That don't separate us? No, that don't make us one higher or greater than the other. No, that just make you not got there yet. You're in, in, in disobedience. But just because I walk in obedience, it don't make me greater than you. It don't, because I don't sin in one area don't mean I'm greater than you because you sin in that area. God never meant for man to dominate man. I understand that. So what's your question? It's not a question as opposed as to what what happened? As far as what we have mentioned, as to why I feel that Cain felt, Cain, Abel didn't feel like he was better than Cain. Cain felt inferior to what he saw. Cain tried to give God, they were supposed to give their best, and Cain didn't, tried to slight God. true, just like the man that slept on his talent. You know right. what I mean? But even still, though, that's, that's that's still not something I embedded in y'all, something that is embedded in yourself. Yeah, exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, that's right. So, I, I understand that ain't nobody better than the next man. Exactly. But the next man, all men ain't created equal, though, right? 
All men was created equal. Yeah. We all, all came from the dust. You saying all men were created equal, but we all don't jump the same height. You jump higher than I do. Naturally. Well, we all got but different talents. It don't mean created created equal in that way in our attributes and what we can do. It means created equal. There's a scripture in God's word that says, man, he made man just a little lower than angels. So if God is the, 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 the Trinity, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, is the angels, and then it's man. And man wants to have dominion over everything else he put on the earth. And that's clear. And back in the day, they used to, everybody used to bring all the stuff that, okay, say like you worked your fields, you sold your, you was a cattleman, you was a farmer, and everybody sold their stuff to the neighboring towns, and everybody brought their money and set it in the middle of the town, and it was distributed out to everybody that lived in the town equally, even though it was the stuff that you uh, 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 labor over. And Cain was the best farmer, but he brought some boo boo vegetables. He brought some rotten vegetables. Because he was selfish. Right. Like we often are. And he didn't want to give God his best. He wanted to give God his inferior stuff, and he wanted God to accept the inferior stuff that he gave him. God said, Give me your best. He didn't do that. And then when God punished him or came down on him, he took it out on his brother. Right. We see oh. this every day. I, I right. see that. Okay. that I, I, I understand that. That's that him taking accountability. Oh, right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He wanted to right. say, oh, no, God loves you more. He pointed the finger. Right. Exactly. But it was him that, you know how we do something wrong, and we don't want to accept that we did wrong, but we want to put it, oh, you did such and such. No, it, it wasn't his brother. But because he didn't do what God told him, he was disobedient. God came down on him, and then he put it on his brother. Oh, well, God thinks you better than me. No, God didn't think. He told both of them the same thing. Bring me your best. Yeah. You know, but I understand what y'all are. I understand. I understand that the story. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. No kingdom is greater or richer than the kingdom of heaven because it encompasses, encompasses, it encompasses all that exists. And no king is wealthier than the king of heaven because he owns everything, everywhere, in both the natural and the supernatural realms. Consequently, no citizen of any government are more prosperous or have greater wealth than do citizens of the kingdom of heaven, because all the infinite wealth of that kingdom is their common wealth. So see, you you go to work and you get a paycheck, but that's not where your blessings from all blessings flow. Ain't from your you don't worship your 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 uh, uh, employer. Not because he gives you, uh, right, not even your job, because that's where you make your money from. Because at any moment, you could be unhealthy I mean, and not be able to go to work. 
the, the, the job could break down and your family still could get a meal every day without you having a job because our wealth comes from the kingdom of heaven, not from no man on earth. Yeah, but, you know, you know, you ain't talking about the average job. We talking about people that work their life to get to. I'm talking about any job. They dream job. I'm talking about any job. It don't matter. Our wealth comes from God. Just like the warrior, they wasn't, uh, 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 um, you know, um, David didn't praise himself because he knew how to use that slingshot. He praised God that God gave him the, the talent to know how to use that slingshot. And that's the way our wealth is. And God tells us, if you, if you give me 10% of what I gave you that month, I give you much, much more back. It will be nothing that you can't you you cannot cover for your monthly bill. Right. Because I take care of you daily. It's a process to it. That's why it's kingdom principles. We can't just sit up and say, All my money is mine, mine, mine. I go to work and I made this money and it's mine, mine, mine. Everything if we are kingdom citizens, everything we own belongs to the king. And when we give it back to him, when we use it for his purpose, he blesses it mightily. He put a supernatural blessing on our natural stuff. Okay. A king's prosperity is measured by the status of his citizens. If the citizens are poor... The king is seen as a poor king. If the citizens are prosperous, however, the king is seen as a wealthy king. Wealthy citizens make a king proud. That is why it is important for a king to make sure his people prosper. Jesus never preached prosperity. You want to know why not? Because prosperity is a matter of kingdom business. Anyone who becomes a citizen of the kingdom of heaven automatically prosper because the king of heaven is a wealthy king. Why Because they're not teaching kingdom. The wealthiest of all, and he is also a righteous and beloved king who is committed to the fullness and greatest Welfare of his Anyone he pleases to act in his name or on his behalf. 
Now, this is why we have the the uh, 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 preachers and prophets and teachers and stuff. Prosperity preachers. No. We out of prosperity. Ain't supposed to be no prosperity preacher. What is the, didn't you just hear what I just said? No, that's what I thought you said. No, it ain't oh, supposed to be no prosperity. Oh, yeah, I was stupid with that. The wealthiest of all, and he is also the righteous. I, I, I finished that. Number 13 is a king's name is the essence of his authority. A king can delegate authority to anyone he pleases to act in his name or on his behalf. This is often done by issuing a king's letter, a royal edict, a royal edict signed by the king and bearing his official seal that authorized and the bearing to act on his authority, the bearer to act on his authority. Anyone to whom the king's letter is presented must treat the bearer as if he were the king himself. So that's, you know, when we get our little uh, degrees in, in ministry and our certificates and, and, and uh, different things like that, that is letting people know that God has sealed us to walk and talk and stand on his behalf. And when we live like we are supposed to, when we present ourselves in different places, we are representing the kingdom of God. And people are supposed to respect, honor, and treat us as though the king is standing before them. Okay. Nehemiah, another exiled Jew who was a, contempor- a contemporary of Daniel, was cupbearer to the Persian king, Artaxer. Artaxer. Say his name, Margaret. That king. Artaxer. Artaxer. All right. <laughs> Unless some of them vowels don't, you don't sound them out. Okay. Our text. Who are you talking about? The Persian king. A R T A X E R X E S. The Persian king. Yeah. I have no clue. Okay. Hearing that Jerusalem had been destroyed, Nehemiah longed to go there and rebuild the city. When the king learned of Nehemiah's desires, he granted him permission to go. He also issued letters instructing the keeper of the king's forest to give Nehemiah all the material he required and for the governors of the various provinces to grant him safe passage. Nehemiah carried the king's name and therefore his authority. And you can read that in uh, Nehemiah chapter 1 through chapter 2. Citizens of the kingdom of heaven have the same privilege. 
Jesus the King has issued King's letters to all his people, delegating his authority to them. That is why the New Testament says that kingdom citizens are to pray in the name of Jesus. It is why he promised to do anything that they ask in his name. There is nothing religious or mysterious about this. It is simple. A kingdom principle at work. It is a simple it is a simply a kingdom principle at work. The king's name carries the same authority as the king himself. And all who carry his name can operate in his authority. Uh, this hel- uh, helps us to go back to um, when uh, they was casting out the demons and stuff. And you cast the demons out in, in Jesus' name. I don't go stand before the, de- the demon and say, come out there, Pat. If he wasn't, and if you didn't have his uh, his authority or his power, the demon to tell you, man, you, you, I don't recognize you. Right, what you doing over here? Right. You, you know, he said, man. Jesus, I know. He, he, he said something. Paul, about I know. But well, who are you? Specific, though. He was real specific. Exactly. So we do this in the name of the king, Jesus. And God say, dust the, uh, 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 not, right, not, to, not to dust off your feet and keep on moving. And do not give your pearls to swine. As far as you don't have authority in Jesus of what it is that you're saying. They not ready to hear what you, right. what you got. second guess yourself, you know what I mean? Right. But at the same time, though. You know me, you know you know me, you know you walk in my authority. Don't let nobody make you feel less than. But how you know when, but how you know when. When they dust your feet off, or you just don't have that Jesus authority. You know the you always know you got Jesus authority because He chose you, and you accepted the call when He chose you. When He called you, you said, "Yes, Lord, be my Lord and Savior." Okay, so you just because you did that, you got the authority. What about when I backslide? You still got the authority. God don't take nothing so, away from you. Right, okay, 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 okay. Now, okay. It, so it, it, wait, 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 hold up. If, it, it, if, right, so I'm about to get you. <laughs> I'm trying to stop me before I get there. It's like, if you smoke your cigarettes, why is you asking God to deliver you from cancer? And you smoke your cigarettes. Yeah, you giving yourself cancer and you asking God to to deliver you from cancer. I mean, you can ask, but you know, it's like a doctor. That's an oxymoron. A, a doctor that smoke and he know what you know what I'm saying. I, I, I was speaking from from the point of you know you telling a demon not to do like when I was just explaining to you about in the day how the man wouldn't let the devil in, but the devil told him, "Man, you a child left." Remember which God you serve. But at any moment, at any time, he can ask God to forgive him, and he will walk in that authority of Jesus. But, but, but could you ask out demons, though? In Jesus' name. 
You ain't coming in your own name. You're coming in the name of Jesus. It's the this authority and the power of Jesus that get rid of the demon. But you dirty, though. My flesh is dirty, but if I believe in the power and authority of Jesus Christ, Dang, I'm shall be clean. That's why you got to be obedient. If you're obedient and you're doing what he tells you to do, you ain't got to second guess whether you're going to be able to uh, 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 walk in boldness and authority and power. You live off that obedience. Yeah, because it's big with God. And it was it was it was a lesson that I learned the hard way. So yes, I do. Well, it's not like a real firm lesson Jesus preached on, though. Um, pretty much, it's I mean, kingdom principle. It's part. kingdom but principle. His car there, though. He, he parked his car in kingdom principle. Kingdom living. Okay. That's where he parked his car at. And in that kingdom living, there are principles. principles. Right. And, and exactly. And on the whole law of the Exactly. Whole, when you live in under yeah. kingdom uh, uh, living. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay. So the king's, the king's um, citizenry, his citizens represent his glory. Uh, uh, uh. The king wants his citizens to be happy. He wants them to be prosperous and content because their status and quality of life reflects on him. The greater their prosperity and well-being, the greater the glory and honor that rests on the king who provides for them so well. Citizens of God's kingdom are supposed to show what their king is like by the way they live, act, dress, walk, and talk. Kingdom citizens are to reflect the nature and characteristics of their king, who is righteous, just, benevolent, compassionate, and full of glory. This is why there is no poverty in the kingdom of heaven, no economic crisis, and no shortages. As King David observed in Psalms 37, the Lord upholds his righteous. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. The king of heaven takes care of his citizens appropriately. He appropriates the riches of the kingdom of heaven means, first of all, understanding that the king owns everything and we own nothing, and second, that he can give whatever he wants to anyone he wants whenever he wants. This is the kingdom concept of lordship and is the subject of the next chapter. So we finally got through that. Man. Understanding the kingdom concept of kings. Then we'll next next week we'll start into the kingdom concept of Lord. So we're opening for let let me um let me um stop the taping. 
We want to thank everyone that came in and joined in for the um, lesson on kingdom concept, understanding the kingdom concept of king. And we pray and hope that something was said that will bless you this week and that you will come and join us again next week. Citizens, stay on the line. Father God, touch and, and, and bless everyone that listened to this message today, Lord God, and who will listen to it in the archives, Father God. Give them a teachable spirit and open up their spiritual ear that they may hear you, Father God. Bless them this week, Lord God, as they come in and as they go out, Lord God. Bless them in a way, Lord God, that they may not know you yet in. Do something special for them, Father, for you are the king of everything. You own it all, Lord God, so it's nothing for you to bless your kingdom citizens. So we just thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you for healing and obedience, the spirit to help us to obey you, Lord God. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, citizens, stay on the line. Amen. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.